0: This is Kathy from Boise, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dallimore. I do, however, follow Bully with the Y Popeye on Instagram.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. Welcome to the show, everybody, and thank you for joining us. Episode 499 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and your other host is here, too, the lovely, the talented... Brittany Page.
0: So I hit a new low today.
1: Wow, that's a inauspicious way to start the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's good to tell everybody about your foibles.
0: Yeah, I um, <laughs> I pre-ordered Marvin Gay stamps.
1: Oh wow, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's I don't know if that's nerdy or I pre-ordered two sheets. How did you find out that there were going to be Marvin Gay stamps?
0: Um, I think it was either the Marvin Gaye Facebook page or the Motown Records Facebook page.
1: Both of which I assume you follow. hmm Huh.
0: Yeah. So I get some updates there.
1: Yeah, that's nice.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be limited edition. So those sell out.
1: You did this at work today.
0: I did. I wow. took some time out of my day to purchase them. And I also announced it in my office. <laughs> what was
1: the... Re- <laughs> what... What was the reaction?
0: Well, everyone was very confused and asked what I planned to do with them, and I said, "Use them, like to mail things." They
1: thought you were like a, like a stamp collector with the little eyeglass and the yeah,
0: which maybe I should start doing actually. Although I only i I pre ordered the Wonder Woman stamps, or I didn't pre order them, but I did order them online.
1: Oh, was it online? Because we didn't we go down to the post office for those too?
0: No, online. Oh, and Mr. Rogers. Um, I bought Mr. Rogers stamps. Hmm. So I'm, I'm not like collecting stamps. We we
1: certainly don't collect them because we've sent out, uh, we've sent stickers out and postaged the envelopes with those particular stamps too.
0: Yeah, not their Wonder Woman.
1: Oh no, we still have those. But uh, Mr. Huh.
0: Rogers, we did use. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I don't know about that.
1: I don't think it's super nerdy.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, if you're going to you if you have the choice of buying stamps, why not? Uh, they don't cost anymore. Why not have the cool ones?
0: Mm-hmm. I think they do cost more because, what? well, I paid like $20 for two sheets of stamps.
1: Stamp price just went up.
0: Okay. Is that it? Yeah.
1: Okay. The price just went up. Because
0: I was like, this is kind of expensive, but I want the stamps. So I, I paid it.
1: When you want something, mm-hmm. you gots to pay.
0: Well, that's not necessarily true, but it <laughs> it wasn't out of the price range that I was willing to pay. We'll say that.
1: Then it all worked out. Mm-hmm. That it That is fantastic. Yes. We'll have to get some... Maybe that'll be a, an Instagram-worthy...
0: Oh, are you kidding me? I'm for sure going to post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to honor Marvin Gaye you have Did to you honor look him. at the
1: stamps To see even what they look like Or did yeah, they it's, just it's said beautiful. That It's gonna be Marvin Gaye No it's Gaye. beautiful
0: It's a gorgeous photo Yeah Alright Very excited Well that's awesome mm-hmm. When will you get them uh, April Alright Yeah I have to wait A month
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're very excited
0: well, I just, they're going to sell out. Pe- people do buy stamps. People,
1: yeah, if, well, if they, they're uh, available forever, as I can't talk, if they're available forever, then why collect anything? You could just go down and get them.
0: Yeah, and they sell out. These these stamps that they make that are really cool, they sell out yeah, because people what buy them. Yeah, makes them collectible. The Wonder Woman ones, they were gone. Yeah. You couldn't get them in the post office. You had to order like a package of them online. You I'm couldn't re- even just get one sheet. Yeah, I'm
1: remembering when we went, to the post office to get them, and she kind of was like laughing at us. Yeah, like, because yeah, come on, man, they're not good. We don't have those. Yeah,
0: when they debut <laughs> a, a stamp, it's like
1: a like a Hollywood premiere. There's a red carpet.
0: I pre-ordered <laughs> the sheets of stamp stamps. <laughs> the sheets of stamps. I pre-ordered them.
1: Yeah, I know. A
0: pre-order.
1: It's amazing.
0: Like I'm going to a Marvin Gaye concert. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you
1: should do that. Do what? Start the hobby.
0: The, the, Start collecting. Yeah, I probably won't. But <laughs> but then you, you not a,
1: are you not a hobby person? You think is uh, that not in your wiring?
0: Because um, it's not really
1: in my wiring.
0: I what what is a hobby person? Well, I mean, w-
1: like I think you gotta kind of have to be have a little bit of uh, of I want to use the word obsession, but passion for it. You know mm. what I mean? Like there there are things that people get very good at and they're like singularly focused on it and it's a hobby and they're just very fascinated by it.
0: Oh, okay, like sleeping. Right. That would <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like getting a good yeah. night's sleep. Yeah,
1: that would be that would be your That's my ideal hobby. hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which lately you've been neglecting your hobby.
0: Yeah, it's been a bummer, but we won't get into that. Um, you know, I did have someone one time invite me to g- go crafting. C- crafting, yeah, go crafting. Do I don't. What is that? Take a part in the crafting. And I, I, I
1: know th- that this happened. Who this person is, but like
0: I knitted something. I think or, oh. or like no, I don't think I knitted. I like did something with like uh, yarn or something. I don't know what it was. And you made, like
1: a popsicle, popsicle stick stick cabin or something
0: yeah it wasn't great and um, <laughs> did you have
1: a good time
0: it's not really my thing you know i i i love that people do that i think that's great you like know all the
1: mormon ladies back home do the the scrapbooking
0: yeah i went to a scrapbooking party when i was younger and how that,
1: miserable was that
0: i mean that was kind of interesting it was kind of fun i remember um but I, that's not something i'm interested that in like now a
1: terrible time to me
0: yeah i just i don't know it's not it's not for me you know
1: Well, maybe just maybe the stamps would be it. I mean, I'm
0: well, no, how about the reading and all of the like researching that I do and all of that? Can that be my hobby or
1: if you enjoy that and that's like a relaxing pastime? I do enjoy
0: that. I do enjoy that
1: because I want to get into very elaborate model trains.
0: That sounds expensive.
1: (laughs) I, it probably is. I think most like worthwhile hobbies are probably very expensive. Mm -hmm. Like a word working, fixing up old cars, shit like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have that in me at all.
0: Yeah. I'd
1: rather sit around on a weekend with a glass of whiskey and, you know, burn the day watching CNN or something. Fuck. Mm -hmm.
0: Does that mean you're lazy or.
1: No, it just means I have my interests for oh, me.
0: All right, okay.
1: Don't don't denigrate my hobby. I'm just. I'm not denigrating your goofy ass stamp collecting hobby. I'm
0: not. I'm not collecting stamps. It's official.
1: You just admitted it. It's your new thing.
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's fine. Well, our new hobby might
1: be loving loving dogs, uh, which we, we we got a voicemail mm-hmm. about. Apparently, the audience is pretty pleased about uh, the dog. The dog—I uh, don't want to say purchase, but acquisition—and uh, even even you hear it in the in the drop at the beginning—and that's not the only one. <laughs> Independently of that, of that, we've we've received three
0: mm-hmm. on the same day.
1: Opening promos on the same day. Yeah, promoting Popeye's Instagram account.
0: Yep. Wow. At bully with a Y, Popeye. At bully Popeye. mm Hmm.
2: Hello, Brittany. Hello, Jesse. This is Slow Mike from Toronto uh, listening to the Pet Loves episode today. Uh, Two things. Uh, Number one, uh, I I feel you on the the, the dog love thing. I never had a dog until we got one a couple years ago, my wife and I. And I, I have children and I know how they change your life. But, you know, I never really, you know, dogs, cats, but they're, they're, they're pets, you know. They, they live, they die, life goes on. So I never understood the people that would say about their, you know, dogs, they're like my child. And I, I always, you yeah, know, fuck you, it's not a child. They're not a tax deduction. And you know what, you know, I can't bury my kid in the backyard when they die. Wow. That's really terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so now I find myself, though, with this dog just ridiculously in love with this dog, and I make fun of myself, but then I can't stop myself from showing people pictures of my dog on my phone. Well, anyhow, the other thing, uh, in regards to the um, get-together, the uh, Patreon, Zoom video conference meeting, whatever, uh, Jesse, man, um, is that how you invite people to parties, you know? Fuck you! Come to my party! Um, Wow. Um, on the other hand, I don't generally enjoy parties, but if I did have somebody invite me that way, I have to admit it would be a little more enticing if someone said, fuck you, might come to my party. Mm, all right. It might just do that. Uh, anyhow, love the show. You guys are great. I'm the best part. Bye.
0: Well, that's not true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know that it's been well established over the course of five years. Love
0: the show. Brittany part. The
1: Britney seems to be the, the favorite.
0: But I do have to say, I don't even know what he is referencing. And maybe I'm so desensitized to the way that you behave. That yeah, I, I don't
1: remember what he's talking. I'm sure that's what I said.
0: Yeah, I don't. But why would you have been so hostile?
1: Not only is hostile, it's, uh, it's a term of endearment. Okay. What would you rather have me say? Fuck you, don't come to my party? No, that ha- seems aggressive. No,
0: how about just, uh, hey guys, we're having this thing and why don't you check it out? I don't know. It doesn't
1: sound right without the fuck you in there.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Very interesting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, what are you, you, you going to do? Yeah, I will say that I have been resisting taking out the phone and showing people photos of Popeye, even though I have thought about it many, many times. You
1: know, I think I think it's kind of like having an animal is kind of like having a, having kids, In in And not in the way that they're my babies, they're my kids. In the way that no one else gives a fuck about your kids. You love your kids. Your kids annoy everybody else. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like an animal. People want to... Trust me, unless it's family, no one gives a fuck when you break out pictures of your kids and show them. They don't... No one cares. Mm. Unless it's family.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. I... I think I have cared in the past Hmm. when people break out their photos and, and show them. Yeah. Who? Who have I cared about? Yeah. Yeah. I think many people, yeah, have showed me pictures and I have been genuinely interested in that.
1: Wow. Maybe I'm just a fucking heartless animal.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm just a fucking well, I'm sociopath. Gonna, I'm going to be honest. I think it's a weird thing to say. I know it said a lot, but it, I think it's kind of a weird thing to say. What I said? Yeah, that that huh. no one cares because it's kind of like saying um, if we're in a social, any social situation and someone's like talking about whatever, like whatever we talk about in social situations, well, why would we care about that? Well, I, let, me, let, let me back it up then a
1: little bit. W- what I'm imagining in my head when I describe that is someone breaking out pictures of their brand new like new new minutes old baby. Okay. All babies look exactly alike.
0: In that case, I can see the argument. Yes. Yeah.
1: That that's when I in my head, that's that's the You know, I think like in pictures, I'm, you know, and that's what I was thinking of someone breaking out their wallet and showing you their like 15 minute old baby.
0: But also like if a listener, you know, if if we were to meet a listener and they were to take out a picture of their kid, you're not going to be like, uh, this picture of this kid, like who gives a shit? Yeah, I guess not. Right. I mean, or, or would you? I don't know.
1: No, I guess not. <laughs> no, I get no, I guess not. I get like when you when you put it like that. Okay. But and also when I like when I think of like 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 your your best friend if she shows you pictures of her kids you love those kids, so you're not put out. And I'm never put out by it, but I'm not like, oh my God, yeah, let show me more. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm getting at. Do you, did I'm you never bring like, the scrapbook I, with look, you? you just showed me five pictures of your kids. Do you happen to have one more picture that I could see that wasn't quite enough of a panoply?
0: I'm going to need to see the baby book. Do you have that on you? <laughs> Do you have it with let you? Let me
1: smell the lock of hair that you've taped into the book.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
1: Do we take a right turn into Creepy Town there?
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Well, apparently I'm the asshole, so that's, uh, glad that we established that.
0: Well, that was not established, but okay.
1: You mean it was already established?
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) No, 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 no.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, Slow Mike from Toronto. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Let's move on to something a little bit more serious and um, topical to some of the stuff we've been uh, discussing.
3: Hey Jesse, Brittany, this is Gary, Southwest Washington. I just, you know, retired teacher, wanted to talk about my experiences in small rural school districts. I taught in one urban district, but I taught in a district with 800 kids, and that was about 15 years ago. Of those 800 kids, 70% of them qualified for free breakfast and lunch, which is a poverty indicator. So they either had extreme low income or they, had, they were eligible for food stamps. Now, not all the parents will report. So the percentage was probably higher because some of them ain't going to get no food stamp. They ain't going to get no welfare. They don't need that stuff. So the kids go hungry. It's an awesome attitude. That same district, I moved back into the district, um, into the area. The rate is 88% today. It's so high that no one pays for breakfast or lunch at the district because it was such a stigma for the kids who could pay that they now get a grant. Every kid gets free breakfast and lunch in the whole district. My question is, these kids in extreme poverty, how can you educate them if they're hungry, if they haven't seen a doctor, if, they can't, if they've can't, they maybe never gone to a dentist to have Toothaches. They have rotting teeth. They, they can't chew. Their mouth hurts all the time. How can they focus on learning? I went to the last school board meeting. There are now 706 students in this district. 40 students are homeless. 40 out of 706 are homeless. How do you educate a homeless kid who's living in a car, who's sleeping in the back seat of their car? I mean, what... We're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. How the hell does this happen? The last district I taught in had a 7% free and reduced lunch rate. 7%. Talk about the other side of the moon. Huge parental involvement. Huge expectations. You know, technology out the yin-yang. It was a wonderful place to teach. But I look back at my other districts where there were 70 or... 80% 80% free and reduced luncheon. How is it fair? Now, not that the kids at the districts with high percentage of free and reduced lunch can't get a good education, but how do they focus on education when they're, they have so, many, so much dysfunction in their lives? And how do we allow this to continue in supposedly the greatest country in the world? I don't know, you know, there's an antidote, I'll tell you. I I was in the class one day and I had a kid come up. He's a nice kid. He came up and said, Mr. Bristol, we moved this weekend. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we moved from the Shell station to the mobile station. So he's being humorous, but how tragic. That's heartbreaking. My God. Anyway, you guys are both the best part. Thanks.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that, Gary. I... um I think it says a lot that the student felt comfortable coming up to you and making that joke uh, that uh, he was comfortable with you. So that's a a good thing. But one thing that I think would really benefit kids who are living in this situation is if teachers would open up conversation about it. Um, A lot of kids are in this situation and they're all feeling shame. And I think that if teachers were to make room for kids to come to them right to make them aware that they know that you know like in high school i i would work until midnight on school nights and i would be exhausted we all know how i love my sleep and even then it would have been great i had to like leave school and immediately go to work and it would have been great if i had teachers who Checked in and they were like, hey, yeah, we know the kind of house that you come from. And are you okay? What's going on? You seem tired, right? Uh, you're missing a lot of class. What's going on? You know, um, keeping better tabs on those kids and making space for those conversations for them to come in and talk about it. You see these articles all the time now where schools are installing washing machines in in the school.
1: Yeah. Good for them.
0: Because kids aren't coming to school. They're, they're truant because they have dirty clothes and they don't want to come to school and be made fun of when they put the washing machines in the truancy rates go down. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids want to go to school. They want to be at school. They want to learn. They want that normalcy. They want that routine. Especially
1: if they come from a household that's disruptive and problematic.
0: Right. And so you give them the resources. You make room for them to talk about it. Also have the problem solved. And oh, look, they want to be at school and they can focus. Right. They don't have to worry about their dirty clothes. so. Um, I, I agree with Gary that it's outrageous that we are still in this situation with so many kids living in poverty. Um, and we can't talk about it because Donald Trump and Republicans want to act like this is the greatest country that there ever was. And it's, there's no flaws. There's nothing wrong. Everything's fine. Um, don't worry about the poverty rates because we're doing good.
1: We're the greatest and everything's fine, but we need to make America great again because it's not great now. Mm-hmm. Even though it's great mm-hmm. and the greatest, mm-hmm. you know, I I didn't in all of my education up to high school never went to a big school. I was always in a small rural sc- school. I had seventy-two kids in my graduating class in high school. Seventy-two kids in a you know in a more depressed type of area, a very small town. 2,500, 3,000 people. I was on elementary. I don't know when when we stopped qualifying for it because I eventually just stopped eating at school because of embarrassment about having free or reduced lunch. It seems to me, and maybe this is like a, a libertarian thing in me, But it seems to me if children, if it's going to be compulsory, if you're going to be thrown in jail for not educating your child and they have to be there and it's a government requirement, then it should be a government requirement to feed the child while they're there. And Republicans, that's something they fight tooth and nail against as well, which is free free lunch, free breakfast, providing the sustenance while they're there. Because for some you know extremely poor kids um that's the only meal they get is at school and i would echo the same questions that gary asked how do you educate a child who's hungry who's so focused on the the hunger that they have that they really can't focus on anything else
4: Mm -hmm.
1: we do have a broken system another reason why 2020 is so vitally important keeping a democratic congress and getting uh or, you know, adding the Senate, mm-hmm. b- but keeping, um, taking back the White House.
0: Well, and again, all these people who want to talk, pick, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You need to provide the, the structure and the ability for young people to start building the blocks that will allow them to escape their situation and to stop the cycle. So if, if you're not doing anything to help the young people and you're like mad about people being able to buy steak with food stamps, you know? Yeah. And like seafood with food stamps, nutritious foods with food stamps. Fucking ass Uh, Then you have your priorities all askew. Fucking bananas. Because that goes to feed children and their brains, their growing brains, so that they can focus in school, so they can get an education, so they can go to college, get a Pell Grant, go for free, get a degree in something that will allow them to have a career, right? Uh, it, it's just... And I then don't, be
1: a... A, a, a functioning, contributing member of society who pays taxes and is able to, you know, be a part.
0: Right. It all works out in the end. But if you don't do that initial legwork, you can't just have them become 18 and then say, Well, what are you doing? Get yeah. out there. Figure it out. Yeah. Well, you didn't help them figure it out.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we'd love to know what you think. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it. At Thanks a lot, Gary. We appreciate it very, very much. Every time you call in, brother, it's, uh, it's good times. Uh, let's move on. Little candidate talk from Christopher in Minnesota.
5: Hey, Jesse and Brittany. This is Christopher from Minnesota calling in real quick. Um, I'm doing dishes at the moment while I am listening to you guys' podcast. And I recently got done listening to the most recent episode. Uh, by the way, I want to let you guys know I love it. I think by, this is actually probably my favorite episode that you guys have done that I've been listening to so far. I love how you guys are covering a wide variety of topics, but my favorite segment by far is the one that you will ask callers to talk about, which is covering the, the, the Democratic candidates for the presidency of the 2020 election. Um I think the way you guys covered it was fantastic. I love being able to hear their responses and the way that you guys gave insight from your own personal perspectives and discussions revolving around that. So I, I hope we can, I know that you mentioned that you, you will be doing more of that, but I hope we get to see as many candidates as possible in the future. Um, so what are my thoughts? Uh, overall, I think you guys did a great job. I think that for the most part, you said what, exactly what I was thinking about both these candidates that you guys covered. Um, I'd imagine that Amy Klobuchar will probably be a discussion that you guys will be going into. So from Minnesota, she's my senator, and I feel like I have some insight as she has been a senator in, in our race, and I do have some two cents on to her. I think she's a great candidate. She's great at bipartisanship. I think she is exactly what Minnesota needs. Do I think she is exactly what the United States of America needs? As much as I love her from Minnesota, no, I don't, genuinely. Um, I think that bipartisanship isn't a bad thing, but I think we need bigger change. We need more bolder ideas. We need stuff that will have a bigger impact on people's lives because I, as much as I agree with incrementalism, I think we have too big of issues to incrementally get to those changes. I think incrementalism helps with compromise, but ultimately I think that we need bolder ideas. I think the, the, the problems in our country and around the world have gro- grown too big to ignore. So I think healthcare and uh, a variety of issues revolving between the criminal justice system are all things that we need to be discussing about, uh, about. And I think a lot of these candidates have been doing a very good job. But I don't think Klobuchar is exactly what we need in the United States of America as a president. Uh, what do I think about Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders? As Those two are kind of tied for my top picks. I would say that despite the controversy around Elizabeth Warren, I think her policy ideas are exactly what we need, bold and, uh, and intelligent. While Bernie Sanders, what I like about him is his consistency with his record. I think that is a huge appeal to me as a voter. I know I can trust what he says because he's been saying it for so long that it just, it's it consistent. It's con- always been consistent. He's been saying it since the Vietnam War. Uh, much with his ideas behind uh, Medicare for All and a variety of issues that he's been touching base with for...
1: Oh, every time, Christopher. (laughs) The three-minute limit. Mm -hmm. Google. Cut you off, brother. Um, Listen... Look, I like Bernie too. I voted for Bernie in the um, in the, the 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 primaries last time, but only because of a lack of a choice. Because it was either him or Hillary Clinton, and I wasn't going to go that way until I was forced to in the general election. Um, Bernie's too old for me. And listen, th- it's not an ageist thing to say uh, you're you're too old to run for president because wh- if someone dies while in office, it could send global markets all over the place. It's a big deal, so big that it rarely has happened in our history that a president would die in office. Donald Trump is, all, is too old to be president.
0: Well, with these reports that Joe Biden is going to pick Stacey Abrams for his VP. Like, up front. And also, I think there's been talk of he may agree to do just one term. Hmm. would that be something that makes you feel better about the older candidates if they were to say just one term? Um, I'm pledging to only run for one term. Uh,
1: yeah, a lot of, there's been lots of, I mean, yes, it would make me feel better, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing up front who the running mate would be would also give me a little a little security too because normally what happens is you have to go for them then they choose their running mate late 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 in the game after you've already you know bet on the horse right so it would you know i think it's a it's a it, a new approach that he's using a little bit of a uh, gimmicky a little gamesmanship but you know it's it's good but i i think he's too old i also don't think he's a good choice for for the country because when people start digging up all of his old quotes and how fucking sexist bullshit uh, we live in a different time right now and joe biden is Just a bag full of fucking problems.
0: So getting back to Amy Klobuchar. Oh, I'm
1: glad you said that. You
0: sent a link to the thread that we have, and it was from Washington Post. The title is, As a prosecutor in heavily white Minnesota, Amy Klobuchar decided to go after police involved in fatal encounters with black men. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a confusing title um, and you sent two quotes with it. So, quote, as chief prosecutor for Minnesota's most populous county from 1999 to 2007, Klobuchar declined to bring charges in more than two dozen cases where people were killed in encounters with police. She aggressively prosecuted smaller offenses, such as vandalism, and routinely sought longer than recommended sentences, including for minors. Such prosecutions, done with the aim of curbing more serious crimes, have had mixed results and have been criticized for their disproportionate effects on poor and minority communities.
1: Yeah, it's called broken window policing. And uh, I think it's largely been proven to be ineffective and actually have a reverse effect because you're really, you're pretty much terrorizing poor and minority communities already communities with with problems uh, that is a, that is a, those numbers bother me a lot that is chief prosecutor she failed, took these cases to a grand jury and then failed to get and in, bring indictments against more more two dozen police who killed citizens all along the way here. And I'm really trying to curb myself against being outwardly aggressive about these Democratic candidates. But it's very difficult. during the Cav- Because the more I learn about Klobuchar, the less I like her. I really liked her during the Kavanaugh hearings. And when there started to be buzz about her running for president, I was excited. And now everything I read and this is the Washington Post. This isn't like Fox News doing some hit piece. This is just straight up and down reporting that they're doing. Everything I learn bothers me a little bit more
0: mm-hmm.
1: about Amy Klobuchar.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer, but also there's a lot of candidates. So maybe that's a good right. thing right. that you're able to knock one out just yeah. right out the gate.
1: Well, her, the way she tweets her staff, you know... And the fact that she hasn't outright come out and said, no, I've never called an employer, a a future employer of one of my staff and had their job nixed. She's never come out and said that's a lie. Mm -hmm. Lack of a denial means that there's some validity to that. And that in and of itself means to me she's a fucking, not a choice for for Jesse Doleman.
0: Well, she'll definitely be asked about it at the debates. Probably the B-team debate stage. But still... (laughs) But still at the debates, she may be asked. Yeah,
1: no kidding. All right. Well, listen, Um, we are going to be, we're not just going to be here and there talking about the candidates. We're going to be addressing every single one of them, and it's just going to be over time. Hopefully, we get to all of them before some of them start dropping out. That would be ideal. But in the meantime, we want to hear from you what you think about them. 657-464-7609. That is the number at which you can leave a fewer than three-minute voicemail. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone of fewer than three minutes, just like Gary did, to idoubtit at dolomore.com. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with We're in a dry spell. What do you mean? We don't have any Patreon, new Patreon supporters.
0: Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was focused on what I was going to say, and then I didn't understand what you were referencing. I I
1: ambushed you.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, you already know how to support us, so how about we talk about this? How about we talk about what you can get for supporting us? Not only do you keep the lights on around here, keep us going... But you also get stickers or access to the Hangout that will be happening on the 22nd, Friday the 22nd at 7 p.m. Los Angeles time and Saturday the 23rd at 11 a.m. Los Angeles time. Yes. You also get, uh, depending on your, your tier level, right, guys? That's important here. Uh, access to the monthly newsletter, which contains things that we're reading, things that we're crying about. I got Think- a good
1: one today, crying about.
0: Good. Things yeah. that we're watching. Okay. So... There's several different rewards. Go check them out. See which one you might like. Uh, If you want to support us, we would really appreciate it. Uh, But if you can't and it would put you in a difficult position to do so, please do not. Instead, go rate and review the show with a profanity-free review, and that should take care of that. Listen,
1: I know how many thousands of people listen to the show. I have a very decent estimation of how many thousand people listen to the show. And we only have like 320 reviews or ratings and reviews on iTunes. So maybe, you know, uh, help me out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: Please. It really helps a lot.
1: And the other thing is, listen, we want to hear from a wide cross section of our audience. I love the fact that just today we we played a, a call from Toronto, Canada from from Southwest Washington, and from Minnesota. That, I mean, that's a, that's a wide geographic area. That's the way it always is. But if you haven't called in, and you've been itching to call in, call in. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Moving on. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So before we get started, let's, let's talk about this news that dropped today, um, that the House Oversight Committee has revealed, has uncovered, that Jared Kushner, Ivanka Trump, former administration official KT McFarland, and Steve Bannon, and I think there's a few others, but those are, those are the real notable ones, have been using, or while they were with the administration, and then in the case of Jared, and Ivanka have been using private email accounts to conduct government business. And in the case of Jared, is using WhatsApp, which apparently is a like a peer to peer encrypted messaging service mm-hmm. to communicate with like Saudi officials, maybe up to and including Mohammed bin Salman the crown prince, the the instigator of the murder of uh, Khashoggi.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: What happened to all the email talk? And I know that's kind of the narrative that's out there right now, is what about her emails? What about her emails? But if you were someone during the 2012, 2016 election, wow, jump back in time there, who didn't think it was a big deal that Hillary Clinton had a private email server, if you thought, oh, leave her alone, that's no big deal, then you better think this is no big deal. I, on the other hand, little two to the horn here, did think it's a big deal. Therefore, I do think this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Hillary Clinton, I believe, should have been prosecuted. for 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 the, for the whole cover up of the whole thing that when they when she was asked for when when they asked for the emails from her time at the department of state on her personal server she decided what was business and what was not she didn't let it, a third party go through that's a problem for me just like this is a problem and more so with jared kushner because of the fact that who knows? I mean, he already has a top secret clearance only because Donald Trump forced it through. He was denied a security clearance because of his problematic issues. And here he is demonstrating that that was the right choice. So we're going to keep following this story as it develops. I don't think it's going to end up going anywhere. But we'll see.
0: Well, the interesting thing is that the Trump supporters uh, have the opposite problem. They were very angry about Hillary Clinton's use of private email. They will likely have no response to this news and that's really part of the problem yeah. in this country right now is that whatever your political side does is awesome and great and perfect. And whatever the other side does is horribly flawed. And, oh, my God, what are we going to do about this? And there has to be reason injected into this discussion. Absolutely. And I, I just find it to be really unfortunate that you can't remove the uh, political motivations in this conversation.
1: I so. think it's it is hard, though. Because it takes due diligence on your part, on my part, to think, am I allowing my like of this person to cloud how I'm thinking about this? You really have to do work to do that. And we owe it all, not just to ourselves, but to our country. We owe it to each other to do a good job of that.
0: Well, and the reason, in case people are confused about... Well, why Donald Trump? We'll just use him as an example. Why he was making this criticism, right? Why is it bad to use like a private account to conduct business for the government? Well, it's because you can cover up illicit acts. That's right. You could be doing things that are illegal and there's no accountability. There's no receipt.
1: It's the accountability that's the problem.
0: And so if you are using some sort of private account, what you're supposed to do is like forward it to the government account so that there is some sort of record of what you're doing. Now, Jared Kushner is being accused of using this WhatsApp. What's app?
1: WhatsApp app. Yeah, it's owned by Facebook
0: and he's he's being accused of using that to communicate with foreign officials so he is conducting government business yes. unless these are just his like buddies and then he's like doing business deals while he's working for the government solving the middle east crisis and um and the opioid crisis it's all really confusing but he's there's no accountability right so what if a foreign leader says uh jared jared kushner said this this and this and now we're pissed off and we're going to start yeah. this conflict or whatever and then he's supposed to say what? Let me get a screenshot of my WhatsApp app?
1: Well, that, well that's <laughs> that, that's for sure a problem. It's also what kind of information across this encrypted service that we can't crack, we don't know. Is he divulging classified information? Mm-hmm. There's also the Presidential Records Act to be taken into account.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That it breaks the law to do this. Mm-hmm. Unless he is sending a copy of every single message to his government account, which get the fuck out of here if you think that's happening.
0: Well, and according to the Wall Street Journal, his lawyer was asked, is Jared Kushner sharing classified information over this app? And his attorney responded, quote, that's above my pay grade.
1: What? What?
0: Which is, you know, imagine Hillary Clinton. Right. Right. Using that as a defense. Or, I mean, Hillary Clinton's attorney.
1: Yeah, or campaign manager.
0: Using that as a defense.
1: That is about the most Trumpian answer there there could be.
0: No one would be satisfied with that. Sean Hannity's head would explode, and yes. it would be messy. And that would be
1: uh, very messy, because that is a giant, giant pumpkin head.
0: That's where I was going with that.
1: Yeah. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to keep continue to follow this. It is it is just the height of, of hypocrisy, which is what bothers me l- the least about this. For me, it's very real world implications relative to information security, intelligence, critical national security secrets. That's the main thing that bothers me about this. And that it's fucking illegal. But I'm glad you brought that up, Brittany. That Trump supporters will likely be completely silent about this or talk gibberish because it's their guy. I mean, the other side does it too, but... We're on that side, and we're here to talk about the Trump side.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um,
1: Did you hear this clip that was running around Twitter, everybody, of a woman at some kind of a Steve Bannon event who made a comment about dictators and that she never thought she'd be in to support a dictator. She doesn't want a dictator. But if there's going to be one, she wants it to be Trump. (laughs)
5: Figure. Let's keep rolling. We'll get a couple more questions real quick. I am so upset. We have got so much trash that is supposedly representing us in Washington. Seriously, if you want to take it back, it's citizen involvement. You can take the trash out. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Never in my life did I think I would like to see a deep. But if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump.
1: And then they all applaud. Never in my life did I ever think I'd want a dictator. But if there's going to be one, I want it to be Trump. Here's this same lady in a different clip.
0: She's not a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing that is, so I, I, I want everyone to listen to this and really like... Go deep inside and be introspective for a minute because no one should feel like this about a politician ever, ever. It's it's scary. Never. Yeah. Okay. Because no one should have that power and we should not wanting to be conferring that power on anybody. No, anyone. So that's
1: why we have a system of checks and
0: balances. It's really, it's really terrifying. And also that guy. You know, also,
1: that she felt comfortable in a gr- crowd of people, of patriots who love liberty, to admit that, yeah, if we're going to have a dictator, which means it's on her mind that Trump's a little dictatorish, she wants it to be Trump. Even to feel comfortable saying that shit.
0: Yeah, not embarrassed. And then they,
1: they cut to Steve Bannon in his, like, army fatigue fucking outfit, like he's Manuel Noriega or something. my mm-hmm. might date me, a little reference, but... Uh, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> clapping and just chuckling like a chuckle.
0: Mm. Fuck. Like Roger Rabbit? That's kind of what you sounded like yeah, just Yeah, a little now. bit. Yeah. Okay. Please, <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> oh, my God. How do you have all these voices? So,
1: anyway, here's the other thing, is that the reason this lady is such a fucking idiot and feels comfortable acting like a fucking idiot on stage in front of her peers is is because that woman likely listens to a lot of Fox News. And the other thing that happened on Fox News this week is that a lady, a girl, a woman named Katie Pavlich, who apparently writes for Town Hall, and is another just moron, was on the show Outnumbered and was talking about how America needs more credit for ending... Slavery.
0: They they keep blaming America for the sin of slavery, but the truth is, throughout human history, slavery has existed, and America came along as the first country uh, to end it within 150 years, and we get no credit for that. To move forward and try and make well, good we, on we that, well, we did have a, a very bloody civil yeah. war we're over that, and issue. we also right. and, and the remnants years are a long of the, time. The, the, the racial history it. and the remnants it. of the civil war, right? Particularly blacks in the south, yes. That that was not and an we're, easy and path. We're still I mean, that was, bloody and violent and deadly and there were native americans here when we showed up we're still my point is that we were the the country that decided to end it and we're still dealing with the issue but if you want to start a problem and to inflame racial tension even more start blaming people who have nothing to do with slavery for the sin of slavery that is not fair that's not the american way and we shouldn't be doing it
1: tell me more katie pavlich about what the american way is are you fucking kidding me First of all, what she said is just on its face, just false. It's just not historically accurate. I have a list here, Brittany Page,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of some, uh, some countries that ended slavery prior to the United States, and uh, only one of them is within 150 years, or is outside of 150 years. The first being Haiti in 1804 ended slavery 1822 Greece 1823 Chile 1824 Mexico 1830 Uruguay 1831 Bolivia 1834 the United Kingdom 1851 Ecuador 1853 Argentina 1854 Peru and Venezuela and in 1865 the United States of America one of the last countries certainly the last global power to abolish slavery.
0: So where do you think she got this information from?
1: Who fucking knows? But we don't need some pat on the back because we ended slavery. If anything, we need kicked in our fucking ass, not just for having slavery, but for taking our sweet fucking time. To coming around to the right side of history and being not just moral people, but decent humans.
0: Yeah, I understand that. But I I'm wondering so this was on outnumbered? Is that what I this think was it was th- on outnumbered. Okay, yeah. so there's like six other people on the panel. And none of them none of them had anything to say to counter what she said like
1: the 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 accuracy of the information
0: right and then she also didn't say something that was accurate so what the hell is going on over there to where you can just say things that are blatantly false and then the six other co-hosts yeah don't need six uh, six other co-hosts aren't doing anything and to correct The it.
1: only one who pushed back at all was kennedy you know mtv kennedy who's mm-hmm. now on fox business and fox news
0: mm-hmm.
1: she's like the libertarian voice mm-hmm. so she has a little bit of reason in her a little bit just a little not enough to not work at fucking fox but a little bit mm. but th- think about the timeline of slavery that she wants to be forgiven for that r- around 1600 we started bringing people over slaves In 1865, hundreds of years later, we end it. And then it's not another over 100 years until blacks start being treated marginally better because of Jim Crow and the violations of civil rights. It wasn't until the late 60s until things started like, "Eh, maybe we'll start. And even then it was fucking terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. It's still a bummer in this country. You do get treated differently. Being black mm-hmm. in America.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That the, the average net worth of blacks is like $5. And the average net worth of, of whites is like 110000 or something. And actually, we should, I'll give you some time to look that up, to, to, to fact check that, because I don't. I have that number in my head, but it's likely wrong. But, but the disparity I know is pretty shocking.
0: So are you talking about the median wealth of, between black and white households? Yes. Okay. So the median wealth of white households in 2016 was 171,000. That's 10 times the wealth of black households, which was 17,100.
1: Hmm. I wonder where I'm getting that low number from.
0: Well, it might be a stat that you have talked about previously, Um, something like one in five black families has no net worth.
1: Maybe that's it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, But anyway, I mean, the, the, the numbers are stark and it's very clear that it's not just because that whites are just extremely better at saving money, at accumulating wealth, It's because of systemic oppression and the intergenerational transmission of trauma that there's still inequities in our system. So for Katie Pavlich to be so stupid and to be paid to be so stupid is outrageous. So speaking of representation, I get this kind of gives us a, a, a just a, a segue right in. The other topic that is on the, the the lips of every Democrat, it seems right now, is that of the Electoral College. The fact that both George W. Bush and Donald Trump won the presidency without winning the popular vote is a fucking outrage. That means that millions and millions of votes across the country didn't count. Because of our outdated, antiquated, not no longer useful system with the electoral college, so CNN did a did a little thing with Jan a- John Avlon to talk about that, and uh, I thought it was good enough to to share with you guys.
4: So, look, getting rid of the electoral college—radical left-wing fantasy, or as American as apple pie. Elizabeth Warren certainly jumping into the debate. My view is that every vote matters that means get rid of the electoral college and that's got folks talk folks talking both pro and con so is this just a case of dems trying to change the rules because they've won the popular vote but lost the presidency twice so far this century is this an insult to the founding fathers and could it actually even happen well it turns out that this isn't such a new idea in fact the electoral college has been targeted for reform or abolition Some 700 times, according to Jesse Wegman, who's writing a book on the subject. That's more than any other part of the Constitution. It was the subject of intense debate among the founders. The biggest controversy was the winner-take-all structure. James Madison, not a fan. He even called it evil at its maximum. One year after he wrote that, Andrew Jackson won the popular vote, but John Quincy Adams became president. The first of five times that's happened in our history. Happened again in 1876 and 1888, which made incumbent Grover Cleveland so mad... That he ran again four years later and reclaimed the office his supporters felt had been stolen from him. This little glitch didn't happen during the 20th century, but reform efforts continued. In fact, Indiana Senator Birch Bayh, who just last week died at age 91, came within a few votes of advancing an amendment to abolish the Electoral College and replace it with a direct popular vote. By 1968, his effort commanded 80 percent approval, according to Gallup. One year later, the House of Representatives voted overwhelmingly to abolish the Electoral College. Even President Nixon was on board, but was filibustered to death in the Senate by Southerners led by Strom Thurmond. All of this was more or less forgotten until 2000, when George W. Bush won despite losing the popular vote. By that time, we were all getting a little used to the depressing idea that if you don't live in one of a handful of swing states, your vote's going to be taken for granted. So a new idea began percolating. It's called the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Complicated name? It's actually pretty simple. States pass legislation committing their electoral college delegates to vote for the winner of the national popular vote. So far, 12 states in the nation's capital passed it. Colorado, just last week. It's gotten support from Republicans as well as Democrats. And here's the thing. The compact won't kick in unless they get enough states to hit the requisite 270 electoral votes. And they still got a way to go. Oregon, New Mexico, and Nevada look like they may be next. This will face a court challenge, but it won't credibly be based on the right of states to allocate the electors however they like. That's settled. Instead, the big question is whether the compact between the states is constitutional. Look, Trump lost the popular vote by an unprecedented margin, but won the Electoral College because of 78,000 votes in three states. That certainly brought the idea back, but it's been debated since the days of James Madison. Now there's just renewed focus on figuring out how to make every American's vote count equally for president.
1: So the deal here, and I think that's a great idea, that states will pass their own legislation to apportion their electoral votes to whoever wins the popular vote. That's the most democratic thing. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shortcut to democracy because still some of those people in that state aren't going to have their vote counted. I used to be someone who was, because it's a part of the Constitution, it must be followed, and that's just the way it is forever and ever and ever. But there's really no use for the Electoral College anymore. I mean, if you look, look, at, look at California, we won't even look at it from the from the advantage of Democrats. Look at it from the advantage of Republicans. There are millions of Republicans in the state of California, and their vote doesn't fucking matter at all for president. The yeah. same with New York, mm-hmm. the same with Massachusetts, the same with several blue states that Republicans don't get their vote counted. That's a problem that is fundamentally anti-democratic and we need to do something about it.
0: So you want to get rid of the electoral college? I am
1: fully in support, especially after this last election, that it is it is bonkers that, that, a, that a person can be elected to the highest office in the land, having lost the popular vote by millions of votes. Anyway, we're going to leave you there. We'd love to hear what you think, though. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voicemail from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Episode number three for this week will probably come at you sometime Saturday afternoon unless something breaks. And we do a late show tomorrow evening after the Patreon call, but we will see. In the meantime, we do want to hear from you. So call in, leave us a voicemail, email in. We definitely want to hear from you, especially if you haven't called in before. All right, everybody, we will see you next time for episode 500 of I Doubt It. I am Jesse Dollimore. Right across the table is Brittany Page. And we will see you next time.
0: Oh, are you kidding me? I'm for sure going to post on Instagram.